Welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We have a mixed bag of emotions here on Talking Tigs for you this week. Uh, in case you didn't know, things didn't go so great up at Arkansas. Baseball got swept three games to know. I guess you sweep some, you lose some, uh, considering we swept Mississippi State last week. Uh, and our midweek game was canceled, so zero wins for the week, unfortunately. Um, but we did have some uh, some positive stuff coming out of football camp this week. I think we had a couple commits, even. Uh, one guy's going to be leaving, but it's out of our crowded running back room. We'll get into all that as well. Um, and anything else that, uh, that kind of comes up, I think it's going to be another light week, but well, we'll try and keep it positive. How about this? I'll start it off on something positive, then we'll just go from there. Well, actually... I'll start off positive by introducing the, the co-host, Tommy, Daniel. How are y'all doing? Good. Good to be here with you. Uh, excited for the spring game. I feel like that's going to be one of the main positives that we're going to have to uh, talk about on this podcast. But um, other than that, you know, it might be a little bit, uh, a little bit of a down week, but glad to be here with you. Yeah. Had a good Easter weekend. Got to visit uh, some family out of town. Uh, glad to be back with y'all. And yeah, looking forward to the spring game, seeing if uh, Brian Kelly can bring this program back from the dead uh, and moving on to Tommy's giving me a look. No, no. Uh, <laughs> it was a joke in poor taste. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, baseball ha- had a rough weekend as well. And I guess that's uh, the, the first point of concern here. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, well, it's, it's past midway right? But I don't know. I feel like what we have is what we have. A lot of good players. They just haven't quite put it all together. But I did want to start on an extra positive note uh, so we can get that out of the way. Um, For for what it's worth, LSU is the 2022 women's golf champions of the SEC. That's right. They did it the first First time in 30 years. Yeah, we can give them a little we can give them a little golf clap. So congratulations to the Lady Tigers golf team. Uh, bringing home that trophy. They haven't done that in over three decades. So congrats to them. Like I said, we want to start off with something positive. Uh, and I think men's tennis beat Arkansas. Um, but that's, I think that's the only program that we have uh, of, of men's sports anyway that, that beat Arkansas. Because with the sweep uh, up in Fayetteville, uh, that means that men's baseball men's basketball and men's football all got swept by Arkansas programs. Uh, it's, it's not, not good. I don't think it's going to happen ever again. This is probably like a Haley's Comet type situation, but you're going to expect to hear it probably from Arkansas fans for a little while, uh, you know, regardless of what happens. Uh, but Hey, I think this fall, all that's going to change, but getting back to the, the, the series up in Arkansas, I don't know. I guess I kind of expected at the very least LSU would come away with 2-1 series loss. I think, though, that their best chance was probably that first game on Thursday because they you know, they actually had a lead going into the late innings, but then they just kind of lost it towards the end. Uh, that second game, I don't know. I just, like, they just, they were never really in it. You know, Arkansas only won, I think, what was it? Four to, four to nothing, four to one, something like that. But LSU only had, no, it was four to uh, LSU didn't, they only had three hits. I don't think they ever really threatened to score at all. Uh, I don't know if they had any, I don't think they had any errors, but without any runs, you know, what, what's that going to get you? And then the last game, I don't know. Um, they had, a, they had a chance to, a chance to tie it up at the very end of the last game. 
Saturday? Yeah, no, they did. Well, I, well we're going to get into this, but um, yeah, they they had a chance early on. Well, they had a lead. They had a 1-0 lead. Uh, and then they had a chance to go up by more. But then, I don't know, something I think that's been happening all weekend, something the Arkansas fans were complaining about, a lot of the writers were talking about, how LSU seemed to be slowing down the pace of the game when on offense. You can say on defense, too, but, you know, it, it's a pitcher's time when he has the ball. But in the batter's box, y'all saw that, because Joe Bear got called out. They gave him a third strike because he was – stepping inside of the batter's box and I don't know the umpire called him out and that took away our a, a scoring chance right there it could have busted it wide open but it didn't but yeah they had a chance in that third game but I, I don't know I think at that point uh, I don't know uh nothing happened I mean yeah they had a chance but they they didn't capitalize um I don't know Jay Johnson kind of talked about errors again but I, I don't know I don't know if it's can be on him at this point I, I guess you could practice it and but I mean, the players still have to not commit errors. Um, I don't know. Um, it's kind of a disheartening, you know, considering we had a sweep the weekend before. Um, I mean, it is Arkansas. So what, number North, 16 in the nation. Yeah. 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 I mean, at, at the very, I guess you could say the very best. Um, all we really lost was maybe some seating, you know, maybe a chance to kind of overtake them for the West lead where that's the, the West title before the sec tournament but i, I don't know i, I just kind of had my feeling that you know moving forward we we're going to face the meat grinder part of the schedule and lsu would be good to come away with at least one victory but uh yeah i don't know um I don't know. i'll start with you tommy what, you know what were your thoughts uh overall i guess i mean i it sucks but i don't know if there's really much that can be changed this point of the season you know yeah i, I feel like and we've kind of talked about it like uh <clears throat> This team is a, we're a middling team. I feel like, and, and it's, I think it was good that we kind of talked about it last week. Like when you put it in the grand scheme of things, this is actually an improvement from last year's start, but even still we're, we're not an, an elite uh, baseball team in the sec. And of all the conferences to not be elite in like yeah. the sec is probably the worst one. You know, you're not going to, we're not going to get any, um, we're not going to, we're not going to kind of luck into some or catch you know catch people on the on on their off day even on their off day they're still the number you know the top five team in the nation so uh i, I think i think in a lot of ways we're kind of well maybe not offensively but it seems like pitching wise defensively we're a little bit outgunned um offensively yeah. you know we've got gosh dylan cruz and jacob berry and trey we morgan all, we got all americans we, we got, got all americans yeah but uh, i i really think and and you saw it last year with, with the success that Mississippi State had. You saw it last year with the success that uh, Vanderbilt had. The two the two teams that finished in the you know College World Series final final championship, and you've seen it throughout this entire you know this year too. It's pitching, and we do not have elite starting pitching. We do not have elite bullpen pitching. Um, we don't even have an. We re, I really don't. We don't have an ace. We have no ace. Yeah. We have a, a kind of. Uh, duct tape together rotation of pitchers who kind of are relievers and kind of are starters, but we don't really have, they're not either one, you know, there's guys who can go five innings, but that's, that's really in the middle ground. Um, I think that that, and that's something that we needed to address, especially like I, I remember last year, the big criticism of Maneri and, and the thing that was like, we need to fix this now as the bullpen. Uh, I, I remember when we played Mississippi State and that 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 
you know, their reliever, I forget his name, but he was like their guy. He, uh, he's injured this year. I think he can't, he's not playing for him, but, um, he was, he's like throwing 97 and Maneri was like, I don't know where they find these guys. And that was like a big criticism point for, for him. They're like, well, well, you need to go find him. Like if Mississippi state has him, why can't we, well, uh, that's still true. And, you know, you can't say Joe Johnson, I'm I'm not going to say, wow, like he's already failed. But what I would say is like, that's something that I hope he is really saying, like, even, you know, he probably knew it before and he, to this day, he's like, you know what, next year I need, I need arms and I need not just any arms. I need straight up hosses. Yeah, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said. And I think the emphasis is on the bullpen pitching his was real shaky against Arkansas. Um, We were throwing like four to five guys per game. The starting outings weren't lights out, but we got a few decent innings out of each one. We could, we kind of got away with it last year because we had some, some, decent to good starting pitching right and so we could we could kind of cover up the um the lack of a bullpen but Mm -hmm. but in the end that's what really hurt us we don't have either right now yeah and then so the bullpen let in a few late runs to arkansas which stretched it out of reach when uh we had some problems with clutch hitting also like in the third game against arkansas we had 11 hits and only two runs on those 11 uh and i think that's kind of not not a hallmark but we've slowed down in that regard kind of over the course of the season. You think back to the non-conference games when we were putting up 15, 16 runs a game. Uh, and now we're really kind of more struggling in sec play. I'm not sure what the cause of that are probably, I mean, obviously well, you have better pitchers yeah. um, with Arkansas than, than Maine. Uh, but we, we've had a little trouble converting there in clutch situations. And overall, you'll see, we'll be putting up like a lot of like one run homers but it, it's hard to kind of get consistent base hits out of the whole team. It's kind of all or nothing in that regard, I think. And yeah. also, and that cost us like in the first game, we had a chance to to win that Arkansas pulled out five to four. We had like, I think two men on with one out and we got one run across in the eighth. And that was the only game that I watched, but we could have tied it up there and then maybe push it into extra innings, but I uh, just couldn't, couldn't step up to the plate. So we'll see how Jay Johnson adjusts there. I know we, we're doing pretty well as far as like strikeout ratio. I think we were like one of the best in the sec. Um, but I know there's not a whole lot of, uh, like hitting for average, I guess, across the team, which I mean, that's more of a hallmark, maybe a Maneri than Jake yeah. Johnson, but, uh, we'll see if they can tie that up. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you guys, cause, um, I think I'd said something a few series ago, I forget which one it was, but it was, uh, I just kind of felt like they were managing the pitchers they did have slightly better, or at least you could tell they were actively trying to find the answer, the solution, something, something that works, you know, weekend, weekend to weekend. Um, And it seemed like, you know, they started Hilliard again on the, on the first game and you know, and he gave us five innings. He only had one earned run, only three hits, but you know, they gave up two runs, which honestly, against top five team in the country, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. If you can last five innings and only give up two runs, your offense should be taking care of it. And at that point, I think they were. But, you know, then after that, Collins came in for, like, basically one batter, I think, right? He had a walk. Then he brought in Wittmeyer. Uh, he got a hit. Then Cooper came in for a little bit. But right then and there, it's like three, like, I understand situational pitching where you bring in a guy – 
for one hitter. Like if it's a lefty against a lefty and it's like, you can get them out to in, get out of the inning. That's fine. But to like keep swapping guys out after each batter, I know there's usually a, a reason behind it, you know, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, all right, well, I know he walked the guy, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like to change pitchers. Now you lose that guy. And I don't know, like if he, I know you walked that guy, but maybe he gets the next two outs that you need. I don't know. I, I guess that's the, the, uh, the toils of being a, you know, a manager and juggling your pitchers. Um, I don't know, but do you, do you guys still feel confident though, that they, it's not, like maybe they just don't have the pitching. It's not like how they're using what we have. It's just, I that think that's what I think that's it. I just don't think we have any, any, any legitimate depth in bullpen. And right. I think that, you know, you mentioned that he's, he's messed around a lot with the, with the starters kind of and rotating. Okay. Who's going to be our Friday guy. Who's going to be our, you know, this guy who's going to be our, and I feel like, uh, you know, you mentioned Mikhail Hilliard, he goes five innings. That's very good for him. And, 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 you know, we've seen him go for less, especially like last year. He threw over a hundred pitches on Thursday, which is like a career high. I think he threw a lot of, yeah, exactly. Threw a lot of pitches, but I'd like to have a, I'd like a starter who doesn't, who goes further than five innings. That makes things a lot easier. Sure. You can even get him through six and, and, but that's, I just don't think that's his strong suit. Like, I, I don't think you're ever going to really get that out of him. I think it, 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 when he, if he goes to place in, in, you know, pro ball, I think he'll be like a middle reliever type guy who, yeah. will, who will, he will, he will make a, a career out of pitching two and a third yeah, or one in one in two thirds. And that's, that's a great career. And like, it's a great career, but that's yeah. not what we need right now. And I think no. that's where we, that's, <laughs> and it's hard. It's, it's hard for him and it's hard for, I mean, I almost wonder about money the same way. Um, you know, I, I don't, we just, I, we don't have, we don't have any starters. We, and, and we're trying to force kind of probably what should be middle relievers into being starters. And we're trying to force, um, you know, closers into being what uh, middle relievers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we, like you said, what, what Jay Johnson's going to be looking for probably now towards, you know, through the off season, it's like, do we need, I mean, obviously you could mention some LSU names here, but just like a Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker who comes in as a freshman and rocks it, you know, yeah. and just, you can trust them out there. Even if they, you know, I think those guys were going six, seven, nine innings. Oh yeah. Their freshman season throwing in the nineties. So, and I'm, if I'm Jay Johnson, I'm looking, all right, well, who do I have on my team? I've got all these great hitters. Um, I don't know. I think that's just another conversation too, but I, like he has one more year with most of these guys. Like you're right find these arms granted they're going to be freshman arms right but if they can give you a good performance and get you that one game maybe by next year we will have a solid starter out of every one that we have now maybe or, yeah maybe it's maybe it just needs more development too yeah. um you know it could be it could be that i mean how many of our i mean hilliard has kind of been a uh, a, a guy who's back and forth as far as starter and, and reliever uh blake money was a reliever last year how many you know how many of our guys like we, we didn't return a uh, Jaden Hill or something like that. Yeah. Like last year when we had both um, Lane and Marceau and um, Alex Lang or no, he really years no, ago. We didn't have Alex. Um, we had Hill. Yeah. And then who was the other pitcher? Uh, AJ Lavis. Oh yeah. Um, 
and yeah, AJ Labus and Lena Marceau had both been developing for a couple of years. And so like you could lean on those guys, but now it's like, who are we turning to kind of digging from the bottom of the barrel. So, um, we had questioned that before the season even started. And then we're still asking these questions now halfway through. So maybe next year will be better in the pipeline. And as, uh, Jay Johnson gets his own recruiting scheme kind of kind of working here. They do get a little bit of a reprieve against Missouri at home this weekend. So uh, I think they're kind of a middle of the pack SEC team. Maybe we can hopefully at least get two out of three uh, there and get back on track as we've, uh, I mean, we lost three in a row. So um, yeah, LSU, no, not on a hot streak. No, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's what they, they need to focus on. I mean, but again, it's with the errors. So you wonder, like, what are they doing? Like, why? I've never seen a team, an LSU team, like, have this much trouble with, with errors. Well, I mean, maybe we've had them before, but it didn't cost us games, right? Like, it didn't just blow it open or lose a lead or something like that. But I, I don't know. Uh, again, it's midway through the season. I don't know if it's a Jay Johnson problem or an individual player problem. I wouldn't think it's like, cause we had most of these guys last year, right? Like the, I didn't think the turnover was that high in our fielding. So I don't know. What can we do at this point other than just lower expectations and say, well, you know what? I think it'll be an extreme overachievement if we made it to Omaha. Oh, you definitely. Know? Yeah. I mean, we can make it to the postseason. We might be able to get out of a regional and do a super regional somewhere. We're not going to host one, but you know, if, if we can just look at that and just say, well, you know, we, we can watch some good baseball between now and the end of the season. I think that might uh, resolve some people's anxiety. Uh, probably not Jay Johnson's, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think he's, he's kind of in the same position we are. He's not aloof in thinking, Oh, everything's fine. It's just a matter of working it out. You know, I, th- I think he's where we are, you know? Um, but like you say, there's somewhat of a reprieve. We have a Mrs. Or we have, Missouri coming to town, but I don't know. I, I think if you look at the cross of the SEC and everyone's at the standings and the, and the records, like before this weekend, we were only one of four teams that had a winning conference records. And now we are, there's like, we're not in that group anymore because we lost three straight, but I, I don't know. I think it's like, it's acceptable to say that the SEC just seems to be down this year as a whole. Um, it's weird to think that considering after last year, how, well, we had three or four teams in, in Omaha, but um, you know, it happens. It's fine. I, I just feel like it's so weird that, again, with baseball, how LSU just it – was, it was so elusive to us to find like a solid starting quarterback for almost a decade. And now I feel like the baseball team is just so elusive to us to have just a starting pitching – two, two solid starting pitchers. Um, that, that must be nice. I would feel really rich as a program if we had that at this point. You know, but anyway, um, I don't know any other. Uh, oh, well, that's what I was going to ask you. So during the game, well, you saw it on the it was in the game three where LSU had, I think, two guys on. Joe Bear was up to bat and apparently he was taking too much time in and out of the batter's box, in and out of the batter's box. You know, if you if you ask the fans and the announcers, LSU was doing this all series. They were trying to just slow the game down. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know. I can understand that as a strategy, but I, I didn't really see how that affected, how that helped us in the first two games. Or I don't see how it would affect us. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the umpire on third base stopped the game, 
gave him a strike and that essentially ended the inning and left our runners on base. So I don't know. Did you guys, I don't know. Uh, Jay Johnson said it was just one of those unfortunate things. So he's kind of just evasive about that being a strategy of his or not. So I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. He didn't say it was, or it wasn't. It just didn't, I don't know. Do you, do you guys pick I mean, up on that? Do you have any hitters? Thoughts? Hitters all had their own little kind of rhythm and, and thing like quirks that they do. Uh, and I guess it's the same thing with pitchers and that's kind of why they put the, the pitch clock in the MLB and I guess to the NCAA now too. Um, you can exploit that for some gain. Maybe I don't see an advantage in dragging it out forever. Whenever I would play baseball, it always stressed me out when I was hitting, I'd rather just get it over with uh, and not, not get going forever. Um, but if, if that's just your routine and that's what you do, uh, I guess he was in the zone. Maybe they're trying to rattle the pitcher and get him out of his rhythm. Uh, yeah. And you can't really fault him for that, but if it's going to cost your team out, then that's something you just got to get in there and swing the stick. Well, I, I mean, I do know that, that, and this was something they did a lot in college. And I, I'm guessing this is where, cause I, I honestly didn't even know that they could, I knew that there was a, there are a lot of new paces play rules and that I didn't know they'd just award a strike to you. That, that was a little bit news to me. Um, but I knew that like, like Daniel said with the clock and kind of, um, you know, they like the meetings at the mound, they don't let that happen. They don't let that last as long as they used to, uh, uh like a, it used to be like a shortstop or a second baseman could walk up to the pitcher's mound and have a little talk with, or the, even the catcher. But now it's, it's gotta be like the manager and that's an, that's calling time. And that's one of your, you know, you only get two an inning, um, before you have to pull the pitcher or no, you only get one an inning. And then the next time you have to pull the pitcher, but anyways, so I know that, I know that that's definitely a strategy. I mean, I know that especially like on a, if it's, if you got two strikes, I mean, even in high school ball, we were taught, like if you're in, if you got two strikes, right when the, right when the pitcher sets up, step out, make him, make him go through it again. You know, like when he sets up and he takes the rubber and he's about ready take, just step out. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that they're trying to avoid because I have seen, and I, I mean, I, I remember watching college. I, I think it was actually Oregon state used to do this a lot. Uh, back when they like, and they were like real good. You remember when like Darwin Barney was their like, their like star player. Um, I I seem to remember like them doing that. Um, and and I, that's something. Yeah, it does it does slow the game down, and I know a lot of people dislike it. So um, I would not be surprised if that was if if that's literally what they're trying to do. And I guess it it kind of bit us uh, bit us in the butt there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess what I didn't understand, and if that's our strategy, you know, that's fine. But I, I, I guess to me, like you said, if it's everyone, if it's every once in a while, if it's a situational thing, I get it. But I don't see how that's a winning strategy. Game in, every, game in, and game out every mm-hmm. inning, because that is just going to upset probably the. I don't care about the other side's fans, but like the umpires, because apparently, if he was doing this all series, what I don't get is why does this umpire wait until this particular situation to call him out and like penalize him for it? And not only that, but just in that particular instance, like with two strikes already, two outs, you know, it's going to end the inning. Like why, why is he choosing then to penalize us? If, if that was the case, it just, I don't know. That's I, I saw Ben McDonald was talking about it and it's just, it's such, it, it seems so arbitrary, you know, yeah. like if, if that's the issue. If he's if you notice that in the first game, I, I don't know. Just call it then, or don't call it at all. Yeah, or especially not in a you know in a tight situation like that because it it can change the complexity. Like of the don't game. decide the game on it. Yeah, exactly. 
so I, I don't understand. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see what happens going forward. Um, again, I, you know, I understand if he wants to employ it here and there, but I, I don't think that's, I, I didn't think that was our strategy. It's first I'd really heard about it this weekend. So just bizarre. I'd say just put this weekend behind us, try and fix the errors, try and find a guy that can throw three, four innings and, uh, We'll just do what we can from here on out, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's um, move on. Move on, yeah. Uh, speaking of moving on, uh, that's what Corey Kiner decided he was going to do. Uh, I guess we could start off football talk that way. Uh, Corey Kiner has entered the transfer portal, uh, which I don't know. I guess I thought that was kind of interesting. We did have a couple uh, recruits commit this week, which I'll, I'll have Daniel introduce. But I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that Corey Kiner is leaving because – like he was our second leading carrier last last year, and now that Ty Davis Price has entered the draft, um, I don't know. He's the guy returning with the most yardage, with the most touches. Uh, I know we're going to have Armani Goodwin. We're going to have Trey Bradford, who came back to us. Um, Noah Kane, um, all good guys. I, I, I thought the room was kind of was going to be shaken out to see who kind of rose to the top, but he's leaving. Um, I, I think just from what I read, he. Oh, he just wasn't happy, right? I mean, that's that's understandable. Coaching change, a regime change, maybe it's different. He didn't like it. It's not a fit. He can leave. I guess I can understand that, right? Yeah, because he was kind of the number two back behind Davis Price last year, and he was kind of probably still going to be in that role as number two after John Emery this year. And he suffered a, a high ankle sprain last week in practice, which was scheduled to keep him out for about three weeks. And then now he's entered the transfer portal and actually just committed to Cincinnati about an hour ago. So, oh, he, so yeah, he's <laughs> heading back home to Ohio where he's from, I guess maybe Cincinnati. Well, they made the national semifinals last year, so they got a decent program, but maybe they promised him the number one, maybe lead back position. And he wanted to take that chance instead of battling it out against uh, a number of competitors at LSU uh, it's a little bit sad to see him go. He played well in spurts last yeah. year um, as we kind of had a, a handful of guys who all had good and bad games, but I would have liked to see him stay because he was more the power option to complement Emery's like speed style. And so now Emery's going to have to carry even more of a load, but I guess uh, like you said, Noah Kane from Penn state might be stepping up. He hasn't stepped on campus yet. I think he has to finish out the semester mm-hmm. yeah. at Penn state, but already got power five starting uh experience and maybe just too many mouths to feed, I guess there. So uh former like high highly rated recruit, sad to see him go, but I guess that's what happens here. It's also a weird timing, like right before the spring game, like you go through all the spring practice and you just dip out at the very end. Well maybe maybe that shows I mean this at this point in the spring I think things are starting to be a little bit final, like crystallized. Of course, everything, a lot of things can change in the, in fall camp and everything. I mean, we're a long way away from, uh, you know, playing Florida state in the Superdome. But if John Emery is as good as everybody says he's been, and then maybe Armani Goodwin or, uh, you know, somebody else is, is kind of taking over is like, look, I'm the second or I'm the second and third option kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, you've got Noah Kane coming in and I, I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be an impact player when he gets here. Um, I, I, I can see where he'd say, you know what, like I've, I went through the, I almost kind of like what Joe did said, I went through the spring. Um, I, it, it was Haskins, not me. 
and now I'm going to look other way, uh, you know, elsewhere. Um, maybe he's just, you know, there's no point at this point in his, in his, uh, in his time at LSU, he's like, you know, what, there's not even any point in me playing in the spring game. Cause I'm not, I'm not the guy. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's definitely not able to play in the spring game, um, you know, that's just weeks where other guys can kind of get all these first team reps since both of them are out right now. Um, yeah. He probably had a, just a minute to himself to step back and say, yeah, this isn't me. You know, and that's fine. You know, it's not, it's, uh, I mean, the running back room is not, is not light. It's not bare, you know, like other positions of needs. Um, plus, Hey, uh, like, like we've said before, the transfer portal works both ways. I mean, I, no, I'm not expecting any running backs to transfer in between now and the start of the season, but I mean, you never know. I mean, yeah. that, you were talking earlier about the transfer portal, man. It's, uh, it's just, it's everything is fair game. You know, uh, Alabama lost a wide receiver. They lost a tight end. We, we actually gained a tight end. Uh, remember Nick Stortz? He was actually a pitcher on our baseball team was playing tight end. He's, he got hurt then he stepped away. Now he's, he says he's going to come back. So uh-huh. we were missing a tight end. We were trying to look to get one, I think, but now, you know, we kind of have one, I guess. We'll like this guy's how... been at LSU for my whole life. <laughs> and he's like never even really done anything. Have we ever even seen him like play? We, we talk about him like every year. <laughs> Has he ever played either sport? I think he was like yeah. a one inning reliever. And then <laughs> he caught like one touchdown or one pass in practice in football. <laughs> like he's got, he's got a big spotlight for a guy who's like not really done anything. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking as big as he is, as tight end. I, I don't know. Just put him up on the mound. See if he can just throw some gas for like, two three batters that's that's all we really need right um but anyway uh we did have a couple uh commitments which which kind of look good they were for the 23 class so daniel um who'd we who'd we get what what tigers we holding yeah so back to back this week we had two commits both uh safeties actually um first was michael doherty maybe i'm not pronouncing that correctly uh the number 19 safety in the country out of loganville georgia and then followed up by ryan yates out of denton texas who's the number seven rated safety in the country so uh interesting uh defensive back pair that brings so with them too we have four commitments so far for the 2023 class so brian kelly's and his staff are starting to to work that up and yeah, or Doherty especially was already promising that he was bringing more people to the program afterwards. I don't know if he has that kind of clout or who he was specifically referring to, but um, I guess the more the merrier there and building your program already with kind of strong players who are buying into Kelly's program. Uh, we saw the purge of Ed Orgeron recruits. Yeah. And so now it's kind of a whole new wave. So uh, these these guys still got a long time over a year before they like step on campus really. So I mean they could decommit at any time, but uh, I think it's good to start getting the ball rolling through the summer and into the fall where the the real heavy hitters start to pledge their allegiance. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. You don't typically see a guy that's like, oh yeah, we bring in some more with us. You know, it's a a guy like that. I don't know. I feel like he he's locked in. Right. Like I remember Cardell Thomas, uh, he was, he was recruiting actively like right yeah. after he signed and you can say what you want to about his, his time here, but like, he's, he's still here. He's committed. Like he didn't, of course, move. he didn't go anywhere. Of course, Eli did say he was bringing a lot of people with him. Did he? Yeah. 
That was well, you see where he's at now, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I guess that that point's invalid. Fine. Um, but hey, uh, just just keep him on. Uh, you know, for, for a guy that a lot of Notre Dame fans say, oh, he doesn't recruit. Brian Kelly's doing okay. Well, and, and I think like what we're seeing, everybody, every single person are, they're all four stars right now. Um, I, I think that there was a, a bit of a fear. Um, Orgeron, for everything that we all, you know, can say about him, he, he could recruit like you no know, other. And he was able to pull a lot of these, a lot of these top level talents. And I think that something we talked about um, towards the end of his, of his coaching tenure and, and through the coaching search is how much of the success of LSU is LSU itself. And how much of it is the coach, how many, you know, who, who comes to play for Ed Orgeron and who comes to play for LSU. Uh, I, I think that we're seeing that the LSU name still has some meaning to these kids uh, because I, I don't know if it, I don't know if I don't think any of these kids are direct uh, saying, okay, if, if Brian Kelly was at uh, Notre Dame, I'm going there, but now he's at LSU. So I'm going to LSU. You know, I, th- I think there's a little bit more, that, more to it than that. And I think it shows that LSU still has some cachet in the recruiting world. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know if anyone is really coming here for coach O more than, you know, say basically what they saw in 2019 and thinking, Oh, I want to be part of something like that. Um, I think that a- I think there was some. I think people, the the culture he built, which we can argue about whether or not it was winning culture or not. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think that's why you see some of the exodus, and I think you've seen that um, people people inside the program have kind of hinted at, look, like we're kind of getting rid of some people who probably shouldn't have been here. You know, there's there've been a lot of transfers. We've seen that. And I don't think they were all one way. I think there were also some some difficult conversations that were had with like, hey, I, I don't think you fit in here. You know, I think I forget what it was. I think it was Brian Kelly himself who who talked about. Um, oh, it was it was Brian Kelly talking about Keishon Butte. You know, like Ed Orgeron would have never said anything like that, especially in public about a star player like Keishon Butte. But Brian Kelly is like, you know, there's. I think he's trying to take that that. Um, that direction that like, this is a, an or this is a program, not a, a, a one person team. And so uh, I think it's just a difference in type of people that they're trying to bring in. And I do think that they're, I wouldn't say that somebody would come here for LSU or come here for Ed Orgeron only. But I do think that, that if you get, if you want, you're looking at all these top schools and, and kind of you get the feeling from Ed Orgeron, it's going to be a little bit of a, I don't want to say the easier road, but a little bit more laid back. That that can that is a selling point when you compare it to, at, like there. I mean, I, f- I forget who uh, they, there was a, a former Alabama player talking on a podcast like two weeks ago. Is like talking about how it, you don't want to go to Bama. Like people do not like the average person cannot go there. Will not go there because it's you have to have you have to be wired a certain way. I think that's the kind of culture that. Brian Kelly's building and that the Ed Orgeron LSU did not have. And so I think it's going to take some time and, and it takes the right kind of, or the, you know, a certain type of person to buy into that. Yeah. And kind of related to that, 
I think the general sentiment around Brian Kelly and the way things have been happening at LSU has kind of like steadily been improving since his hire. Uh, not really a fever pitch, but like when he was hired, everyone's kind of like, well, this is a good hire, but it was kind of just like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then now it's like, all right, people are just kind of starting to get on board the train a little bit. And obviously there hasn't even been a real snap of football well, yet, but I think the the hype is getting a little bit there and people are starting to kind of see the vision, I guess yeah. you could say, as far as like, all right, this is, we've got like a solid football team. The circus show hopefully is leaving town. Uh, this will set us up for a, a good fall and we're probably not going to win the national championship this year, but at least it can give you something to, to build on uh, for the future. Well, and you think about it like, yeah, like it might not happen this year, but the pieces, the groundwork is hopefully being laid to where give us two years and we're back in that conversation yeah. in a real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you can, I guess to some of what you were saying earlier, Tommy, it's like, I feel like Brian Kelly has a process, you know, I don't know if it's the process for everybody, but he has a process and I don't know, I think that's better than like what you said before, where it was kind of loosey goosey and you have talented guys and if you can just assemble them right, they'll, you know, they'll go out and win games for you just because they're that good. But, um, uh, you know, as we saw in the last two years, I don't know, uh, without some of those key elements, it's, it, it's not a decent team. You know, we were 500 or worse. Uh, even there were some games that we kind of eked out. So we probably should have had a losing record both of those years. Um, but you know, Brian Kelly never really had anything close to that. Yeah. It might take a year or two before we kind of feel like we're back in it, but just from what some of the things people around the program are saying, they're like, you know, it's different now. There's accountability here. There's, there's a process like you, you have accountability. I think that's one of the things Brian Kelly, you know, he's talking about, Oh yeah. And they're asking about Keishawn Butte. He's like, well, I know his name. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's been injured. Hasn't, hasn't really been able to do anything, but I mean, Kelly's right. He can at least show up for meetings, right? Like, uh, you know, even if it was Joe Burrow, it's like if he's not going to the quarterback room to break down game film, uh, you know, how can you let your other quarterbacks see that and just allow that to exist? Uh, I mean, we didn't have to deal with that, luckily, but, I mean, that's probably some of the things Coach O was dealing with, and that's why it kind of went off the rails there at the end. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to ask you this. Speaking of Coach O and Brian Kelly – did it seem weird that Coach O was up at Notre Dame all week? I didn't get that either. Well, he was at Alabama and like he was at Miami. Like these are in a few weeks ago. Now he's at Notre Dame. I understood the Miami one because he'd been there before. Kind yeah. Of. But he's like doing the rounds at all the colleges. Like but a just, full week? Yeah. And he's like, hey, I almost hired you. Can I come up there and <laughs> why don't you show me around? I don't know. It's just interesting to me. I, I don't know what to make of that other than just it seemed odd. Yeah, it right. did seem odd. He doesn't. He he definitely does not seem like the Notre Dame kind of guy either. Miami, I get it. Bama, right. uh, I mean, he's from South Louisiana, and maybe he's Catholic. <laughs> I don't know if he lives by the Catholic True. creed. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I I think that's kind of all we had on football. Um, unless you guys had something else. Any any big notes for the spring game? Like one thing you're looking out for? I know the big ones. Who's going to be QB one and QB yeah. two? I don't think we'll see. Uh, you think it's pretty much going to be 50, 50 split, like working with each. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're both, I mean, they're, they're, they're totally different, but they're both learning the same new playbook. Uh, I mean, miles has, you know, tenure seniority, whatever you want to call it in the program. But I mean, there's a totally new game in town now. So I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we'll know at the end of the spring game. I don't think he's going to declare a starter. I don't know if we'll really know. Jane Daniels will probably look good, but, I mean, you can't you can't underestimate Miles, you know. 
Uh, he's just, I think, a better stand-in-the-pocket kind of passer. But obviously, Brian Kelly's offenses are geared towards guys that can run. So <laughs> we shall see. But I like that, you know, uh, from the reports we've seen so far, there's, you know, all the quarterbacks are getting rotated in. Like, they they all started from scratch on the same level. So, uh, you know, we've seen plenty of nice videos of guys throwing 60-yard bombs. So uh, we'll see how that comes out into a, a game-type situation. But I, I think um, Malik Neighbors is kind of – made a name for himself as probably the solid two wide receiver two, uh, assuming Keishon Butte comes back full strength. Um, beyond that, I don't know, to be honest, our running back room just changed today. So we'll, we'll see there. Uh, I, I have a feeling though, that whoever's there, um, we're in a better position as far as our offensive line goes. So I, I think that'll solve some of those issues. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I'm just excited. I'm just, I'm just ready to see some football. I watched a little bit of the USFL this weekend, mm. and I, I had a lot of fun watching that. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like it, it, the spring game is always kind of a nice little milestone that shows we're we're getting close back to uh, back to you know, that the, our favorite time of year, pretty much. So, yeah. um, I, I'm ready. I'm just ready for it to see, see it all. Mm-hmm. I think Mason Smith going to have a big game, at least two sacks. He's okay. been sh- he's been showing big in practice so far. Yeah. Did you see him? Uh, did you see him re- like fake return a punt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's our he's our punt return option now, I guess. <laughs> yes. The new Derek Stingley. Yeah, he might he might have as many uh, punt return touchdowns as Derek Stingley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's a short field, honestly, yeah, just catch it and just bull run down the field. Who who's going to stop him head on? You know. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, a lot of changes. I, I think Tiger fans will, they'll see some good plays, some good, you know, football activity, but uh, I don't know if we're really going to be able to say for sure who our starters are. Um, plus, you know, we got this whole summer of workouts that I imagine all these guys have to stay accountable for. So I don't know, there might be some more shakeup guys that just don't want to have to put in the time or the work. We'll see. Hopefully that's not the case. They've already, uh, shaking all those guys out of the tree, but um, moving on, uh, LSU basketball did kind of salvage somewhat of a of their roster. As uh, I think, right after we recorded last week, Mawani Wilkinson said he was coming back, and then right after that, Justice Williams said he was coming back. So, boom, there you go. We kind of wondered if uh, if Matt McMahon was going to be able to retain any of these guys. He has. I don't know if anyone else that is confirmed or the way I know Alex, Alex Fudge is definitely going to Florida. He's, uh, he's signed on there, but um, I don't know. Do you think there's any hope of any other guys staying? Cause no one's made a move. You know, it's been another week. Well, I, I mean, obviously it's good that these people are staying, gives us depth on a team that may have not even had five scholarship players at that point. Uh, so we can feel the team. That's, that's a, good. That's, a, that's <laughs> an improvement. That's definitely the positive direction. Uh, I think yeah, a few people have set their destination. Brandon Murray to Georgetown, Alex Fudge to Florida, and then um, Xavier Pinson. Xavier Pinson is undeclared as far as I know. Oh, Eric Gaines went going to UAB, which is kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's still a few people out there, like you said, Pinson. Um, and then, obviously, Days and Targis are going to the NFL. I think that leaves Efton Reed maybe as, like, the last one to decide, yeah. him and Pinson. But uh, – yeah, yeah, that's good. Wilkinson starter didn't really perform on the stat sheet so much, and Justice Williams kind of played sparingly. 
but it gives you experience to mix in with uh, the transfers. So um, not a complete changing of the guard at least. And I mean, good sign better than having nobody at all. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. It's better than nobody. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's much better than that though. I don't know. I mean, who knows at this point, I think, I think that basketball, we should, I think LSU basketball fans would be good, would be well served to just close their eyes, go to sleep and then wake up in no in October, November, and then kind of see where, see what basketball looks like, because uh, I, I don't think it's going to be anything the way we, 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 the way it is right now. And I think that, uh, you know, it could be, it could get worse. It could get better. We could get some great players. We could get nobody. We could field walk-ons. It's really kind of, it could go anywhere. And uh, I have, I really have no predictions. For it. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of the basketball I just need to sit on the sidelines for a little bit. Yeah. But you know, we, we've, we've kind of flirted with, you know, being a successful basketball program for a while, you know, um, we've, we've definitely overachieved in areas, but, you know, as a whole, there's, you know, there's only been some bright spots to what's been a otherwise kind of just, you know, a mediocre program. Um, like, I, I don't know if you'd have took a, like, if you'd have had, you know, some of the guys that have played with us and had them all on the same team, you know, I, I think we might've had something, but just year in and year out, um, I don't think we've really expected too much women's basketball. However, you know, I, same thing, but like they, uh, what a turnaround Kim Mulkey had in one year. I, you know, I don't know if we can expect that from Matt McMahon, but uh, I don't know. It's, if there's some consistency there, I think that's okay. You know, instead of these, these huge peaks in long valleys, right. Cause it's been like what, 20, well, going on 20 years since our last final four appearance. I think it was 20 years before that. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's just been very, very uh, hit mostly miss. So um, they do have an in-home visit. Uh, I think it was today, actually that a five-star uh, this guy, his name's Tyrell Ward. He, he was committed to Xavier, <laughs> another Xavier connection, funny enough. Um, but he, I guess he backed out of that, but the Tigers offered him a scholarship and they they went in home today. So who knows? I mean, they're on the road recruiting, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but that, that might be some positive news. Uh, again, I just think if, if Matt McMahon can establish some consistency, uh, that's, that's all that we really need. Right. Radio. You know? Anyway. Um, I don't know guys. I think that. That might about do it for us. Do y'all have any uh, any other thoughts, comments, perplexing questions? No. I think that pretty much does it. Does it on my side? I know. I mean, uh, you know, spring game this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be on ESP or no SEC Network. Um, is usually where it's on. I'll be watching. Might even try to go. I don't know. It kind of depends on the weather. Weather's been bad here in Baton Rouge recently. Really? A lot of rain, a lot of thunderstorms. Yeah. So uh, maybe TBD. But other than that, you know, I have. I, I think it's uh, just another week in the books. Yeah. I agree. Check that out. Um, hopefully baseball pick up at least one at home in Missouri. So if you're in Baton Rouge and you want to go see some action, check out the football Tigers or the Diamond. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll have that recap for you next week. 
yeah, hopefully that weather gets better so we can have all these events this upcoming week. Uh, that, would, that would not be good if the uh, the spring game was rained down or the uh, you know the series at the box. But anyway, uh, which is actually what happened. Um, they had to postpone that game against Lamar because of weather, right? And I, I don't know if they're going to fit it in. They said they're going to try and fit it in sometime this season, but I don't know. It's like, are we, are we really going to move mountains just to try and play Lamar on a game, on a day we could probably have some much-needed rest? Probably not, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, hopefully the weather's good this week, and uh, it'll be a good spring game and a series at the box. Either way, we'll have... All of that for you is a nice little wrap-up next week here on Talking Tigs. So hope everyone had a good Easter weekend and um, have some sort of new beginnings like all these LSU programs that definitely need one. Until then, have a good week. Stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.